Welcome back to Praxing Catholic. I know for Praxing Catholic listeners and for Catholics throughout the Archdiocese, the St. Paul Seminary, along with the St. John Vianney College Seminary and the St. Paul Seminary School of Divinity, it's a name that is cause for some good local pride. You know, you can have some good pride in that. And for uh, it's also cause for thanksgiving. Joining us now to talk more about the mission, the role, and the scope of the St. Paul Seminary is its rector, Father Joseph Taphorn. Father Taphorn, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Patrick. Great to be here. So you were appointed rector of the seminary back in 2018. Maybe start us off with reminding us of exactly what is a seminary rector. Yeah, what's a seminary rector? So a seminary rector would, uh, maybe an easy way to explain it would be, um, if you think of the seminary as analogous to a parish, then the rector is like the pastor. So basically the um, the, the spiritual father, the head of the seminary, the one who, um, you know, tries to shepherd and, and all the programs and encourage and set a direction and a tone. And uh, there's obviously the administrative responsibilities uh, and things like that. But um, yeah, just kind of the kind of the, the, the shepherd, you might say, of the organization and uh, looking at that in terms of all the, the people that we serve here. Sure. So in these last four, four or so years, how's it been going, Father? How, is well, it what you expected? Yeah, well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I actually started mid-year, so I started, was appointed in, in late 2018 and then started in January 2019. And, um, you know, so it was a little unusual, kind of starting mid-year, and um, that went well. And I thought, boy, you know, this next year will be great because we'll have a normal school year. Uh, and then, of course, what happened, you know, um, spring of the next year was, yep. was the world was shutting down and, <laughs> yep. and everything else, you know. And so I feel like we've been living in a little bit of uh, of, a, of a weird uh, uh, space. Uh, that being said, I've kind of decided maybe there is no such thing as a normal year. And, and in the midst of all the trials and changes and things we didn't expect, God really is blessing us, and um, things are going really well. So we're blessed with um, just just fine candidates, and we're growing um, really in our seminary programs and our lay programs, and um, um, just, yeah, kind of an exciting time to be engaged in the life of the Church. So uh, people are hungry uh, for what's true, good, and beautiful, and, and I think we're able to provide that and form um, ministers, priests, and, and lay leaders and deacons who are excited about the gospel and able to go forth and do that. I'm glad you mentioned that, too, that the scope of the St. Paul Seminary is more than just. Of course, it is. Uh, it has the, the momentous task of forming young men for the priesthood, but it's also forming lay leaders. It's forming permanent deacons. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about the offerings that you have outside of priestly formation. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, quite again, people are surprised. I think I was a little bit surprised too uh, coming on board because our first task and original purpose, of course, as you said, is to form uh, young men for the priesthood. But many seminaries um, uh, over the years, and we're no exception, have also recognized that, you know what, we've got a, a very talented faculty uh, and administrators and staff here. There's a lot of needs uh, to form leaders in the church. And so we're able to uh, bring that expertise to bear and provide that formation. Uh, sort of across the spectrum of leadership in the church. So uh, probably the closest to um, to, to seminarians would be those um, maybe uh, men of a little more mature in years who are who are destined for the permanent diaconate. So we house here at the seminary what we would call the Institute for Diaconate Formation, um, and um, that's been growing as well. And um, just a lot of excitement there with. Um, sort of integrating that a little more deeply and closely uh, into the life of the seminary. Um, mm. 
Then we also have uh, many lay programs. You know, kind of our overall tagline is joyful Catholic leaders. And so whether you're destined for priesthood or diaconate or to be a lay leader, we really want men and, uh, and, men and women, in the case of lay people, to be uh, excited, enthusiastic, joyful. Uh, so a number of programs for the laity, uh, master's degree programs in different uh, theological disciplines. Uh, and then some of them are more broad-based. For example, just last night we had the graduation here of the uh, Catechetical Institute Pillars Program. So a oh, two-year yeah. program. Yeah, many of our, your listeners would be familiar with, maybe have been part of what we call the CI for short, yeah. uh, the Archbishop Flynn Catechetical Institute, and kind of their signature program is a two-year uh, course uh, program on the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the four pillars of the Catechism. Right. So just had... Um, Two locations here, the kind of the, the local uh, St. Paul Seminary location, and then there's also a cohort in Elk River uh, in the St. Cloud Diocese, and everybody was together last night with the Archbishop and got their uh, graduation and their, their diplomas, um, certificates for that program. So a lot of things happening, and, um, you know, when we kind of sit at the administrators meeting every month and kind of hear the reports of different departments, it is uh, kind of an amazing thing to watch, and, and I'm excited in particular about how uh, kind of the integration that's happening. You know, um, the folks involved in diaconate are also helping in the catechetical. The catechetical is providing graduates uh, uh, an encouragement for those to go on to get their full master's degree. Um, you know, the dean's office is supporting receiving those students. And then we have another group of leaders who are being trained in Catholic school leadership. Um, so there's kind of a lot of synergies and energy, I think, aimed at, at upbuilding the local church. Um, and as our vision says, we want a church on fire with the Holy Spirit and a world transformed in Jesus Christ. So it's nice. fun to see all that happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, leave it to the Lord to get all the different members of the body of Christ working together, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go back to priestly formation for a moment, as this is our annual ordination show, and we're really focusing in as we're, as we're coming up very close to the ordination to the priesthood. Um, could you describe the four components of priestly formation and why they are important for our future priests? Yeah, so um, really, I, you know, I like to say that the, the modern era of priestly formation really started 30 years ago uh, with St. John Paul II's uh, exhortation uh, on priestly formation, because we just had the anniversary on the Feast of the Annunciation on March 25th, and that document 30 years ago was called uh, I Will Give You Shepherds, or Pastores Dabavobis. Um, and John Paul in there reflected upon um, what he called four pillars of formation. We now use the word four dimensions. There's been a little bit of a shift in sort of church lingo. And these four dimensions of formation are, are the human, the spiritual, uh, the intellectual, and the pastoral. Um, and it's kind of maybe another way of saying that we want sort of um, uh, a well-rounded person. We don't just want to um, send um, a man to seminary to go to class quote-unquote, or to study for the priesthood as if it's a purely sort of academic affair, and, you know, you enroll in classes, and then you graduate, and then you're ordained. Right. Um, that that kind of was the model, I think, to a certain degree uh, over the years in the past, and, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but there was kind of that tenor that this is very much sort of an academic sort of a thing, and mm -hmm. if you get this degree in this place, you end up a priest. Now we really recognize, while the intellectual formation is always important, and we certainly um, you know, we call it the study of theology and the study of philosophy, and we want our men to really be knowledgeable and, and experts in that. Um, just as important, maybe more important, would be the human dimension, the, the, the spiritual dimension, the pastoral dimension. So really all of these four dimensions coming together. Uh, the, the human dimension of which is beginning, I think, a lot of attention lately, 
Um, and again, John Paul says this is the foundation. This is sort of the, the building block upon which everything builds, um, is the humanity of the priest. And, and he has the responsibility, John Paul says, of, of um, ordering his humanity such that it is, an op- that it is a bridge for others to Jesus Christ yeah. and not an obstacle. Yeah. Um, because as a sacramental church, um, one that has ministers, we, we, we do see that the priest stands in the place of Christ in persona Christi, uh, but he does that in his humanity. That's how he connects with other people, through his personality, through his talents, through his gifts, how he, his conversations, his teachings, his friendships, how he leads. Um, so, so we are spending a lot of time in seminary formation to, to the humanity, um, and, and, and properly so, because um, another line from Thomas Aquinas, you know, grace builds on nature, grace perfects nature. So it's not just enough to sort of have grace in the sacrament, it needs sort of a foundation to rest upon, and that foundation is going to be um, uh, his humanity, and, and that means understanding uh, for every priest, really in every Christian, our flaws, our weaknesses, um, but not to live in those, but actually to grow um, to a place of, of freedom where we can really give ourselves uh, as a spouse uh, to the Church, um, right. that, that, that laying down of one's life in service to others that Jesus calls us to. Mm-hmm. And I think, just to think out loud here for a moment, I think in this day and age when there are so many uh, crises of identity and there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, a misunderstanding that's going on about what it actually means to be human. I can understand why human formation particularly might be a, a foundational dimension of priestly formation that really needs a lot of attention right now. That's right, yeah. And it, it, it's gotten, I'd say, more complicated in a certain sense, I think, just, just with, um, you know, even the change in family life from a generation ago, sure. uh, certainly the impact of technology, uh, devices, um, attention spans, yeah. right? Um, kind of all the things we, we learn about, and, and you know, uh, with the current generation never having not had the internet or pocket phones and devices and sort of all of that. It's just, it's kind of created a whole new way of, of trying to be human. Mm-hmm. And so, we're yeah we're um, and not, not that anything's are bad in of themselves. I think technology, of course, is is a tool, and in many ways, it's a gift. But it's also something that has certainly changed um, just sort of the way people grow up and learn and relate. And and so we need to sometimes um, just acknowledge that reality and then see how can we help people. Uh, stay in the present moment, for example. I, right. think, I think lots of times with technology, you know, we're, we're sort of looking ahead or waiting for the next fix or the next this or post or whatever. Um, but, but God's grace is always here in the present moment. And so just an opportunity to reflect uh, on sort of not the virtual world, but the real world. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be a challenge, I think, for young people today. So we're definitely spending more time uh, on those kinds of themes. Yeah, God's grace is here in the present moment. You said it, Father, and uh, hopefully people listening on their smart devices will <laughs> take, take that into account. We're speaking with Father Joseph Taborn, the rector of the St. Paul Seminary, about uh, on the brink of priestly ordination. So just paint a picture for us, if you would, Father, as we're getting so near to ordination, priestly ordination right now. What's, is, there a, is there a palpable feel around the seminary at this time? Yeah, no. I, everybody's excited about spring. You know, it's um, it, there. There's there's an excitement. There's a certain, I think, uh, um, sadness too. And a certain. I was talking to one of the uh, deacons at breakfast this morning, and he had his last teaching parish. You know, the men go out to parishes for their four years of theology, and yeah. 
and uh, and really build real human relationships and friendships. And uh, they had a little kind of farewell after the last mass for him, and he talked about how many people stayed. And he said, yeah, it was just kind of a bittersweet, you know, that there's an excitement, uh, but then a kind of a certain set. This particular seminary is from Des Moines, you know, so he'll be moving out of the out of the, the yeah. Twin Cities here. In fact, he's excited about going home to Des Moines. Um, but yeah, there's a certain kind of loss and sadness. And then he said, he said, you know, it got me thinking about what that must be like as a priest when you're transferred from parish to parish, that must be hard. I'm like, I'm nodding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and these things maybe you guys don't really think about necessarily on the cusp of ordination, but, um, but yeah, there, there is, um, um, there's some, there'll be some sadness, uh, I think at leaving friendships and community life here other relationships, but obviously just this is where they're not in seminary to stay in seminary. They're in seminary to, to go out, right? right? Uh, to, to be that presence of Christ in the world and in the parishes and in the church. And so I think there is definitely an excitement uh, looking ahead. And I think you're anticipating my next question, which is, how is priestly ordination a celebration for the whole of the local church? Yeah, that's right. You know, I was um, actually talking to somebody last night at the Catechetical Institute graduation, um, and we kind of got talking about ordinations, and they said, you know, we've never been to an ordination. And I said, well, you need to come. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they know one of the guys a little bit kind of through a parish experience, uh, who's going to be ordained, Connor McGinnis. And, um, mm-hmm. and I said, well, yeah, you need to come, you know, because it is really uh, a celebration for the whole local church. You don't need an invitation to go. The cathedral's open, you know, uh, a lot of room in the cathedral, and, and it really is a, a proper celebration for the entire local church to gather around the archbishop, um, and these men uh, who will be presented for orders, and it's something that the that there, there's a bond, kind of a marriage, you might say. Uh, one of the other ordinandi, it's kind of funny, I was going through invitations, kind of the formal invitations for their parties and dinners and things like that, and some of his friends had set up um, a, um, you know, like one of these wedding sites, Yeah, <laughs> you know, to kind of guide the invitations. And he'll come and he says, I know this is a wedding site, bear with me, this is just an easy way to track, you know, but, but, but <laughs> nice. the title was like, this is Deacon Mike Selensky, it was, it was, oh, okay. it was Mike and the Church. <laughs> um, and I appreciated that, you know, because it's like, yeah, this is really a sort of their wedding, it really, right. you might say it happens more at, more at deaconation, but, um, but, but this is really is a spousal relationship between uh, the future priest and the Church, and he's wedding himself uh, to, to the Church's bride. And so just as uh, families gather to celebrate a wedding, uh, the Church gathers to sort of celebrate this this um, gift uh, of the man giving himself to his bride and, uh, and lifelong service, and it's something we can all rejoice in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just a couple, <clears throat> excuse me, just a couple minutes left here, Father, but uh, some quick thoughts on how we, the lay faithful, can support and uphold our new priests, especially. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously with prayer, I mean that that that's the most obvious, and and but that is, I, I don't say that to be like it's unimportant, you know. Right. Um, it is super important, and over the years, um, I have been touched just running into people, and and they'll say things, "Oh, Father, I pray for you every day." Mm. Uh, I'm like, wow, you know, like that's really kind of humbling, you know? Uh, I mean, there are people I pray for every day, but probably not as many as people who pray for me every day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really is just, just yeah, it just kind of reminds you that you're kind of not alone in this, and, and even if things are difficult, um, there there really are a lot of people out there who, who love and support and care. And then I think, you know, there's other opportunities that just kind of come along in the natural kind of course of things. I, I've always been touched uh, as a priest on Father's Day, you know, sometimes people reach out or people send a card or whatever, and uh, and that's just kind of kind of neat, you know, kind of a recognition. Oh yeah, there's there's a, there's a real 
uh, sort of spiritual fatherhood that people experience and feel and being reminded of that or um, being wished Happy Father's Day. You know, simple things like that, I think. Obviously, if you're uh, working closely with a priest, uh, you know, priests can't do this alone. And some of the best experiences I have had in parish ministry would be not only from staff members, but volunteers, people who maybe help with RCA, for example, or religious ed, or um, the funeral ministries, just just the folks who are just engaged in, in parish life. Um, you know, your kindness, your support, your dedication uh, is so meaningful. Again, that I, I don't think any priest today goes out thinking he has to be the Savior and do everything, but he really wants to be part of a, of a parish family um, or apostolate, whatever it may be, and, and uh, yeah, do this together. So I just think those are just great ways that day in and day out we can really support our priests. Very good, Father. Well, thank you. It's been great to speak with you. May we have your blessing before we let you go? I'd be honored to. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Joseph Taphorn, Rector of the St. Paul Seminary, thank you so much for joining us here on Practicing Catholic, Father. Hey, take care. God bless, Patrick. The website again, if you'd like to check out the St. Paul Seminary or any of the St. Paul Seminaries, it's SEMS, S-E-M-S-S-P for St. Paul.org, SEMSSP.org. Right after this, it's back to the deacons to hear more from the men about to be new priests in the Archdiocese. Deacons John Utek and Connor McGinnis are in the hot seats. Stay with us. The Holy Father's World Communications Day message. He says, I ask everyone to offer the people of our time storylines that are at the heart good news. The Holy Father asks all journalists of goodwill to stop and reflect and to also report what he called good news, saying, journalists, let's find some good news to hearten people and to give signs of hope. One of the great reasons we all listen to Relevant Radio, we want to be better Catholics, better Christians. We're interested, we're curious about Christ, we want to help each other, and that's why Relevant Radio is so important, because it is, it's a support network. One of the things about Relevant Radio, it's always very real, very honest, but also very positive. He said, in a world of really bad news, we have to be messengers of hope. And hope does not deny reality, but actually it embraces it and really believes that God is at work through any suffering or difficulty. And we do need to be people of hope. Hope, good news, and the good news. Talk radio for Catholic life. Relevant Radio.